So here's the thing, entrepreneurs, leaders, salespeople, we all want to create consistent, repeatable, and scalable ways to grow our business and our income. And we want to do it better, faster, and more seamlessly. Why? So we can actually enjoy our lives, take vacations, and spend the quality time we want with the people that we love. How do we do all this without spending a fortune or running ourselves ragged? That's the big question, and this show is dedicated to the answer. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. Uh, this morning, I was re-listening to my interview with Linda Baker and John Rowland uh, on really the power of giftology in preparation for the guy I'm going to introduce you to today, because I could have just as easily had Matt on that same show, but it probably would have just been overpowering, and I thought, I want to do this separately. I really want you to hear from this guy. So before I bring him onto the show or, or formally introduce him, uh, Matt Farnham, Team Farnham Real Estate in Las Vegas, ladies and gentlemen, talk about a market of distraction. And he's going to talk about how he is penetrating through that distraction and really connecting with customers in a super deep way. And you're going to be able to do the same. So heads up, a coaching member of ours for the last five years, 17 years in the business. Today, with a team of three agents and three client care team members, very important language there, my friend, as you're listening, three client care team members, in 2020, they had 110 families put their faith and trust in them to help them buy and sell real estate. Uh, about 87% of the business came from the formal strategy from a macro and micro standpoint we'll be talking about today. So heads up, 87% of 110 that is a lot of business that, you know, he has crafted and harnessed and you know, improved upon over a decade plus of this strategy. Um, and of course, as I mentioned, you know, using these strategies, he would call it the experience economy, which, you know, he and I are both, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, big fans of that book and, and the work around that. But he's taking it to the next level in real estate. This year, they're going to help 150 families buy and sell real estate. And, and I just, I think about, 2020, I think about people like Matt, I think about consumers today, and, and you know what it is? It's the flight to quality. When you look at the numbers right now in the U.S. for my friends around the world, right now, 50% of the agents, let's call it in the bottom half of, of the MLSs, are basically fighting over 9% of the commission. Think about that as I say that to you, that let's just call it 1.5 million agents in the U.S., 50% are basically fighting over 9% of the commission and 91% of the commissions as of right now, as we record this, I just got this data point two days ago, the top half, 50% are doing 91% of the commissions. And what it really tells me is the consumer wants a better experience. And when they find it, they gravitate towards it. They talk about it. They share it. They refer these people out. And that's why I've got Matt with me today. So, hey, Matt, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Tom. Excited about this. Yeah, man. I, you know, we've, we've talked about this for a while. And I think, you know, again, I go back to that, uh, you know, John and Glenda interview. And as I said, I could have easily had you on that show, but I think it would have just, it, it would have overpowered, you know, uh, John and what he was trying to accomplish. So, so thank you for, for joining me today and sharing your insight and brilliance. Um, would you take a second, though, and, and just take us a little back in time before we get into the hacks and the psychology and the why and the tactics and all the things that you do? Because for the person listening, you're going to want to take notes during this because, again, you know, Matt is a beautiful soul inside and out, and he can also talk very tactically in terms of what you should do if you want to have more of this type of business. But take him back. Like, before we started, I was like, how long have you been married? How long in real estate? Like, give us a little optics on that. Absolutely. So, yeah, I was the crazy person that uh, bought my first home, got married, and started my real estate career all within, like, maybe 60 days of each other in 2004. Wow. So my wife, Leslie, and three three kids now, ages 12, 11, and eight. Uh, we've been married about almost 17 years here in a few months. Uh, so it's been a fun ride. Um, before that, I was, I'm in Vegas. So service industry, I worked in hotels. I worked at the pool at Bellagio. I did fine dining in Bellagio, uh, golf course service, things like that. So always pretty much in customer service jobs, which I think we were talking about this before the show started, yeah. but what a perfect transition in my city for serving people at a high level in real estate. And, so uh, it, 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 there's a lot I want to unpack in there. Um, let's, let's talk about that service side first. You know, we were chatting before the show uh, for the person listening that, you know, it, it's so natural when I meet someone, I'm like, what did you do before real estate? They're like, I was a nurse. 
I was a teacher. I worked in a restaurant. I was a bartender, right? Uh, I was in client services. I was on, I was in another sales role in a service model. And I just think to myself, all they have to do is learn the language of real estate. And, and the odds are, the odds are in their favor that they'll do just fine. But Matt, you know, there's some people that work in the service industry that, that can't make the leap to, to a higher level product, to a higher level service. Um, when you're looking back at the early days, were you able to, you know, like sometimes you meet a bartender and they're just, they have a bartender mindset, not a service mindset, not a, I'm in a people first business. And it doesn't matter if you're a billionaire or you're buying your first property. Like I know how to take care of you because I get people. What are your thoughts on that? My first thought on that is probably just a limited belief uh, in I'm just thankful I did it at such a young age because knowing me and what I struggle with on a day in day out basis now with limited beliefs, uh, I think those people just need a coach because if I was making that transition now at the age of 39, I would see myself being scared to do that, especially with a family and things like that. So uh, I would say seek out guidance, make sure you're aligning yourself with with a mentor that's going to be able to really show you the ropes and uh, you can ride their coattails. Uh, it's really hard, I think, to get into this business any other way nowadays uh, to really learn and have a chance to be successful. Yeah. Interesting. I was with uh, Tim Smith yesterday uh, in a coaching session and then driving around. He's like, I'll take you to the airport. You know, just extra, extra time with a good human being like you. And, you know, we were talking about, I shared with him that 9%, 91%. And, and he literally, you could see like, he was like, wow, I just, I feel bad for new agents that, maybe historically would have started their career and done open houses or some of these traditional things that COVID just simply eliminated. Um, and then I think back to you starting in 2004 in Las Vegas, you were basically at the epicenter of the entire real estate meltdown. What did you do? Like when, when 2006, seven hit, like how, how successful were you in 2004, five, six, and then what happened and how did you navigate through it? Yeah. So from the day I got in the business, uh, it was always a business to me. I wasn't just like chasing the next, where's my next closing coming from? Uh, so I think that really prepared me for those years and business dipped. I mean, my first year in the business, I think I did 36 closings for almost 300 GCI, which was incredible. Right. Uh, but that's I mean, okay. I was, by the way, that's, that's incredible for your 10th year in real estate, yeah. let alone your first. I've, I've been super blessed, man. And, and uh, super fortunate to have good people around me, but um, but from day one, it was show up early. I was young, so I was wearing a tie every day, trying to make up for my age with appearance and, and things yeah. like that. But uh, first one at the office, last one to leave, and that hasn't changed in 17 years. Uh, and yeah, business dipped in those years because I think I didn't know what I didn't know. Um, yeah. I didn't see it coming. I think I have a, a problem every day living like this, looking at what's right in front of me instead of slowing down and getting on that 30,000 foot view. Yeah. Uh, but eventually I kind of said, okay, this, this is going to be a season here. And yeah. then I got into the REO game. So you look for opportunities. I've been a HUD's number one broker in Vegas for, I think, 11 years now. So, you know, you got to wow. find the opportunities, be a chameleon and be ready to adapt. And uh, so that's, that's pretty much how I navigated that storm. You know, um, it, it's so interesting. You know, we have, we have so many mutual friends in this business that do such incredible transaction volume business as you do. And the number of people that have texted me over the last, yeah, maybe three, four months, like, hey, should I be recontacting my HUD contacts? Hey, should I? I'm like, first of all, you should have never gotten out of communication with anyone you had on the REO side or, you know, the display, you know, like any of that. Thoughts on that? Are you, are you still active? Do you still see some of those transactions coming your way or is that evaporated in Vegas? Yeah, it's very few and far between. And I'm so excited about what we're doing now. I mean, we have tunnel vision on this client experience game. And I know we'll talk about, you know, what we think the market's doing, what the future looks like and why I'm all in on client yeah. experience. So would I say no to those relationships? Of course not. But it is not going to be my identity. Uh, I'll tell yeah. you a wake up call I had. Maybe somebody can learn from this. But a number of years ago, you know, I was selling a couple hundred REOs uh, a year at that point. And I walked into my office and I had an agent of mine sitting with a client in the conference room, my client. And I'm like, oh, well, hi, it's good to see you. Well, thankfully, she at least had a relationship with her second choice at that time. And she's like, well, yeah, I know that you, you do so many of those bank owned properties now. So I didn't, she literally thought I didn't do regular sphere of influence business. And right. I had this punch in the face, like, when did I let my identity get wrapped up in something other than helping families? So I decided that day never again. 
Yeah. That is that lesson. I have had that punch in the face. I think every person listening has had that punch in the face. You know, mom, what do you mean? Well, honey, you're so busy or you work the high end or you work more rural or you're in this part of town and I'm in that part. You're like, I could have helped you at least get the right agent you needed, right? Call me. But it's interesting. Like I was, I was talking with this very famous uh, therapist, uh, like literally Matt, like 40 years in, in family therapy, 30 years at a syndicated radio show. And I remember asking like, hey, what's the most common question you get? And he said, people would say to me like, like, what are the top four or five reasons why most people have relationship issues? And he said, people don't have relationship issues. They have issues that they bring to their relationship. And I thought, isn't, I mean, it, it's this, when you said that, I'm like, yes. It's like, what is that issue? And you say identity, right? That, that so many people have that they we do so much to build rapport and to connect and to serve. And then we just, it's like something became like a blind date. We're out, we're gone. I don't know if blind date's the right, you know, maybe like one night stand, right? Like, what is that? And, and you were guilty of it. How did you overcome it? Uh, honestly, a few, I've had a lot of rabbits I've chased through the years, but after the REO thing, then I did the brokerage thing. You know, I own the company yeah. here with a partner, Gidget, and, and we were, if you had breath in your body, I thought I was supposed to hire you. So we were building the brokerage thing and we, we, you know, God bless everybody worked with us, but we woke up one day and felt like we were kind of surrounded by mediocrity in a lot of ways, just didn't have the same goals and ambitions that we did. And then eventually I found my way about a year and a half, two years ago to go all in on team Farnham, like where I can control the level yeah. of service that we, so this team thing's new to me. And I do, I have to say, I, I do regret not having my eyes open sooner because yeah. I can't imagine where we'd be right now with what we're doing and the focus. Uh, but it was a journey to get here. And, and now it comes from a spirit of gratitude. A couple of years ago, you know, it's, you get burnout easy in this business, but we just started doing these wow closing experiences and it became like gratifying for us. It became more fun. Yeah. And then we just said, you know what, how, how, how other ways can we show gratitude and just really, and then it just blew up on what we started to scale and, and make, you know, this, this is our, our identity, what we are now. Yeah. So we're getting into some of the, uh, the tactical stuff, but let's, let's back up and unpack for people. What was the, generally speaking, I'm just assuming this map that something happened that caused you to say, wait a minute. And then maybe you read something, maybe you researched something and you were like, okay, this whole client experience thing. So help us understand the origin story for you behind it. What was the problem you were looking to solve? And then what was sort of your original sort of vision for it? And then what does it look like today? And then for the person that's listening, I literally wrote down like, he's got six things around buying and selling, right? And then I wrote down, there's another, looks like four tactics of how you deliver it. So we'll get into all of that, but just maybe help us like unpack what was the problem and sort of what was your, your macro vision or philosophy behind it? Sure, absolutely. So I think the problem is, is you know, the client demands more now. Um, what, what, I, what gratifies me, what gets me going is knowing I'm the best at what I do. And I was living at a place a couple of years ago where a lot of my attention was divided between the brokerage and before and between what I wanted to deliver as an experience to my own clients and a father of three kids and a wife. They were getting the leftovers at home. That's what really drove me to say something's got to change. That combined with your coaching in this talk about this experience economy. Uh, we were actually at a, a re retreat in San Diego, I think it was. You had Steve Harney on stage, and he yep. made a comment that just hit me in the jaw. He said, raise your hand if you truly believe you are the best in the business, in your market or whatever. Of course, you have probably a thousand people in the room who raise their hands, because why would we be there if we don't believe that? But I truly believe that that's what we deliver here. He said, then don't you think you have a moral obligation to tell more people about what you do? That just hit me in the jaw. Like I do have a moral obligation to help more families with the level of service that I know that we deliver. So that combined with your talks about experience economy, the client demands more, where the market's going. And then some books that really influenced me, uh, Building Your Story Brand with Donna Miller. Yeah, uh, That was kind of the viral book in our, in our ecosystem, right? But, uh, yep. but it, it just made so much sense. Like I'm not the hero of the story. Stop, Matt did it again. Matt said this, you know, People don't care about Matt. They care about their own story and their family. Right. So that really started to, to challenge my philosophy. Uh, raving fans, Kim Blanchard, that's a classic. Always like that book. But one that really inspired me uh, that we still talk about a lot today is The Power of Moments by Chip and Dan Heath. 
Yeah. Uh, taking certain opportunities in people's lives, whether it's transition or elevation and things like that, to really create this unforgettable, magical experience. And yep. we we just kind of wrapped our hearts and minds around that. And all those things combined is how we started moving in this direction. Uh, as far as the philosophy, uh, sorry, I'm rambling on here, but no, no, hey, on, hey, hey, brother, this is a podcast. Ramble away. This is cool. <laughs> I'm taking notes like crazy. This is good. I love it. Well, so the philosophy is that I, I personally believe that we're going to wake up and I think you share this belief. We've, you know, you've coached on this, but we're going to wake up five years from now and the game's going to be different. You're going to have really two models. I think you're going to have the, the, the chop shop volume based model. And I'm not, not going to name drops, but in yep. Vegas, we have the billboards, we have the radio ads, we have the commercials, we have the, you know, I'll buy your home for this. That's we're ground zero for what you might call disruption here. Right. Or you're going to have silver platter, white glove, value, service, extraordinary experience, and people will still want that. I am not interested in playing on this side. This is way more fun for me to, to deliver that type of experience. So we want to be ahead of the curve and start delivering that extraordinary magical experience now uh, and not be chasing our tails five years from now when we wake up. And as you've said in the past, that tidal wave hits us. Hey, this is changing. We're right. trying to get ahead of it right now. Right. You know, you, uh, you said so many things. I, I always remember saying to people, you know, Walmart or Neiman Marcus, like, you know what I mean? Like, what, what client do you want to serve? I literally was in this conversation with, with uh, Jose, who uh, picked me up yesterday from the airport. And I'm like, listen to me, brother, like in the next five to 10 years, like some people will be picked up by a car with no physical driver in it. And they will get in the car and maybe like a Jarvis-like voice will say, hello, Mr. Ferry, you know, uh, you know, are we taking you home today? I said, but a lot of us, we will actually pay more because we want the personal touch. But what we also want is the humanness, right? Like, the, like I could have anybody pick me up from the airport, but Jose has become this guy. Jose, if you're listening right now, I'm literally just talking about our conversation yesterday. Like, I love this guy. He brings me so much joy. Every time I've got someone that comes into Dallas, I have Jose go pick him up and everyone says the same thing. That is the nicest guy on the planet. Yeah. Now you might be saying, does that translate to real estate? My answer is I think it translates to everything in business, everything in life. So you've just taken this and you've turned it into a methodology, a way that you do business. Talk Absolutely. about that. Well, yeah. And here's, here's what I think too, is that I believe that, so there's a lot of noise in yeah. Vegas specifically, probably Ooh, Florida, sure. Arizona, Vegas, like ground zero for the noise. Yep. I'm naive to think that my raving fan is not going to hear the noise, but I do believe they're going to be the last one to hear the noise. Uh, eventually it's going to penetrate and they're going to start hearing the radio ad and seeing the billboard. Sure. Right, right now we, we talk about something with our team. I, uh, it's called TINB. And if A equals B price wins. If A is greater than B, price probably still wins, but the decision is a little bit harder. We should be to the point where we are delivering such an extraordinary experience and just they know we're the best at what we do on top of that. There is no B, T-I-M-B. And if they're driving past a billboard and it says anything related to real estate, it's white noise because they, they know right. who the realtor is. It, it's already, yeah. there is no B. Yeah. That's, where, that's the game. That's what we're going all in on. And I'm naive to think they're not eventually going to hear it but I'm okay with them being the last people to hear. Right. Right. And it's so, I mean, it's so interesting. You and I are so aligned on this. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I had like 11,000 people between clients and, and guests on blueprint. And we were talking about like my, my prediction is half of every transaction in the next three to five years, will have a referral fee associated to it, whether it's an arbitrage company or an agent, agent referral or relocation or a broker generated lead, whatever it may be, but half, half going to somebody else because they attracted the client. And how did they attract the client? They took advantage of the fact that the vast majority of our pe the people in this industry don't have connections with their database, right? Don't have marketing messages that stand out. Don't have a client experience that like really draws people in. So you, you know, you've solved for this long before, you know, I started talking about this. So you said noise in the marketplace. You mentioned the word gratitude multiple times. You talked about some books that have influenced you. The thing that, there's so many things I respect about you, Matt. The thing I, I, when we talk, I know when I'm talking to you, I know if I was talking to somebody on your client care team, if I was talking to somebody on your sales team, 
I know I'm going to get the same experience. How did you translate that culture and that vibe and that language and that, that approach to a, a bunch of teammates that, you know, maybe didn't come from the service industry, maybe, you know, didn't, didn't walk in your shoes and have your path. How did you transfer, if you will, those values and skills? I think it's been a process. Uh, it all started with, again, we, we started doing, you know, these wow closings and then we start doing client events and then you start, you just start dabbling. And I think you just, I will say this, like, I, I don't recruit. I've never recruited before. I do think you just attract people who, who dig what you're doing. You know, they, they're just aligned with that. And yeah. I'd say everybody on our team just truly loves people, loves serving people. Uh, they get it. It's families, not houses. I mean, just gradual little subtle changes over the years where we put a board up on the wall. We're not putting numbers or houses. It's pictures of families as we are closing transactions. And yes, just those, those little things like that, you know, they're not leads, they're opportunities. These are people that want a relationship with, with, mm -hmm. with somebody to guide them through the process. That little subtle language shift, I think you just start to realize who, who's all in with that and who's not. And if you're not, you're just not going to it's just not going to work. You're not going to enjoy working with us because if we're all about talking about money every day and this and that, it's just not, that's yeah. not going to get us motivated to go serve another family at a high level and, and give them this wow experience. That's the focus. Yeah. I love it. it. It's, I've heard it so many times. Culture is language. Language is culture. That's what bonds us. So making those subtle shifts for the person listening, like think about what he just said there it, as, as subtle as it was, it was extremely powerful. Hey, we help families. We don't sell houses. Like 100%. that, just that, Matt, is very different from, you know, some of my, some of our friends that are very transactionally focused. And it doesn't mean they're bad people, right? Like they've got hearts of gold. They care. But, you know, they, they focus on, hey, I want to do 100 transactions or 50 transactions or 1,000 transactions or 5,000 transactions, whatever it is. Um, and I believe, you know, I believe, again, for my friends that listen, wait a minute, Barry, I also care. I know. I'm just on and out. So, you, before, you know, we talk about, before we talk about um, the, the what and the tactics, can you unpack for us why three salespeople, why three client care? And maybe let's focus on the three client care. Like, what are, what are their roles and responsibilities so people can, before we say, man, I do this and this and this and this is how and this is the setup and this is what we do, they understand that you're not doing this alone, that you have carefully curated people that have similar values and that's how you're able to execute like this. So. So just unpack for us the three client care people. What are their roles and responsibilities? Maybe a little insight on their background. Maybe it's a disc profile. Maybe it's a bank test, whatever it is. Help us understand who those people are and what they do. Absolutely. So the first two I'll mention. So marketing specialist, listing coordination. Um, that's a little bit self-explanatory, but helps right. us, you know, bring homes to market, build the brand that we're doing, uh, start to celebrate more of these, uh, these moments that we do for clients on social and things like that. Yep. We're continuing to level up in that area. Uh, and then we have a transaction coordinator, of course, living in the transaction. Uh, but that's another conversation. Client experience is not just champagne and balloons. It's it's that transaction, that communication, that uncertainty yes. brings anxiety. They always know what's happening. So we we do that at a very high level. Like we can talk about that. But the third piece is the one that most folks would probably be interested in. And that's uh, we call her our client experience manager. Um, she if you know this, Tom, if everybody owns it, nobody owns it. And as right. we started to try and scale this and make this kind of who we are and what we're about, we were dabbling and doing hodgepodge here and there. And it was it was great, but it was inconsistent. And until we really transitioned to this role a little over a year ago, it's full time. You own this. Make the magic happen. Yep. Uh, that's when everything changed. So so she's been with me for about nine years, just flat out loves people. That's what you got to find. Uh, yeah. She's a high S on the disc test. Yeah. Uh, I think an SI or maybe an IS would do well in that role. Mm -hmm. uh, but she doesn't need the limelight. She doesn't want credit. She just loves people, Tom. And she just yeah. wants to make them happy. And that's what gratifies her. Right. And she's got the S in her so she can follow up and be consistent, and, you know, follow the checklist and right, do all that. So, so transaction management, listing launch, all the, all the things that we know. Um, but you made a comment. You said it's not about like popping the bottle of champagne at the end. Yeah. You know, it's about the client experience throughout. You also made a comment earlier, and I just want to unpack this. You and I are so aligned in this. I've been stomping for 10 years saying the consumer is demanding a better quality experience, which is why this industry is so ripe for disruption, destruction, whatever you want to call it. Um, 
give us an example of like something that somebody could add into their once they open escrow or start start the transaction. What are some things that you guys do differently that just have the client remove some of that anxiety, that stress, that uncertainty that I picked the right agent? Did we buy the right house? Oh my God, is it going to get, you know, somebody told me recently, Hey man, I got my offer accepted. And I was like, <laughs> you're 180 steps away from actually moving. In. <laughs> yeah. you know, sorry. He was like, you're kind of bursting my bubble, dude. I'm like, I'm just like, that's the reality. You're like, uh, wait for the appraisal, bro. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, so, so many things you could do. I mean, the simple things would be, you know, bring video into the game. Bomb Bomb is obviously a great platform for that. Yeah. We do a lot of handwritten notes. Uh, so for example, little stuff, uh, you know, there's, there's a quote that I love and it's on our wall, but there's no magic in magic. It's all in the details, right? Walt Disney. Walt yeah. Disney. And you, yep. you know what, where I stole that in one of your summit books years ago, I just, yeah. dude, that's so us what we do. Um, and another quote I love from Atomic Habits from James Clear is we don't rise to the level of our goals. We fall to the level of our systems. So yes, it starts at like the first appointment. You're going to get a bomb bomb video from me just saying, Tom, I'm so excited to meet with you. Um, you know, by the way, check out this quick little landing page and this Google form. If you fill this out for one minute, Tom, it'll help me bring more value to our conversation. But I'm finding out what are you absolutely afraid from happening in your home sale? Um, what is, you know, describe the best experience or outcome possible. And you start to learn what's really concerning that client so you can address those concerns at the appointment. Right. Things like that to where I already have a handwritten note in my folder. The moment I get back in the car, it's already stamped. My assistant's got it ready. I just write a note relevant to the meeting. I throw it in their mailbox, two homes down, and they get it the next day. Yeah. It's all just, you know, having this, this all planned out. And our mantra is the phone rings for new business only, right? A client should not be calling our office asking for an update on their transaction. Say that again, Matt. The phone rings for new business only. The phone rings for new business. That's a cultural thing. That's a language thing, Absolutely. right? I mean, a lot of people right now are like, well, there's just no way. He doesn't understand my client. My, I'm in the high end. My clients are so much more demanding, right? I'm in the low end. I work with first-time buyers and they're totally concerned. Do you, is that reality for you? Or is that an aspirational quote that we fall back because of our systems? It is an aspirational quote being uh, transparent, but I will say that we're committed to getting better every day and we are getting better every day. And it's not often our client has to call and say, what's going on? Uh, yeah. The only gaps we have are those moments of the transaction where there's truly nothing going on. You're in that. Right. We still need to make sure that they just know that everything's group, you know, going great for yeah. the, that time period too. But the, so the way that we do this is we do walk clients through this digital transaction where they see in the pipeline, what's next. We've talked about the the Domino's yeah. pizza thing and that type of yeah. thing, right? But we also have, I have videos that I've pre-recorded for many steps along the way. So they're going to get videos about, hey, what is escrow? What is title? Um, hey, Tom, what do you as the seller need to know about the home inspection that's happening this week? And I speak to yeah. you, the seller. You know, they're going to ask for all these things. You're going to get offended. And then we're going to calm everybody down and we're going to come to a reasonable solution. And then I'm prepping you about the appraisal. And then what does closing mean? What's expected from you at closing? So you're you're constantly getting future paced and setting expectations of what's next in the process where you're not wondering, you know, what's next a week out or two weeks from now. It, it's easy stuff. It's just taking the time to actually put it together and build a right. system around it. So if we just stop right there, literally, you could, you could mic drop on that. To, I, I can just imagine like Michael D, who's my head of client experience and client care at my office. He'd be like, yes, yes. Every step of the way, you know onboarding, welcome, here we go, new video. And it doesn't have to be personalized. Like, hey, it's Matt, and I just want to say congratulations on your escrow, right? Or starting your escrow, buy side, sell side, whatever it is. Here's three things you need to know. And that just automatically goes to people in the checklist as a part of the process. Is it automated or does someone have to actually say, oh, we just opened up an escrow? Or is it like in a bomb bomb campaign, start, go? How does it work? Yeah, it's in our CRM campaign. So we have a lot of tasks that are manual or automated, but yep. we know when certain triggers hit, that one will go out. So we, it's kind of a hybrid of both, but they, nice. they they will get it somewhere between one to three days before the inspection, somewhere one to five days yep. before the appraisal. Uh, so it, it works out pretty well. And do you, I'm just curious, just because I nerd out on this stuff, do you track and measure open rates? Um, and do you ever look at like, oh, they didn't open it, open it, 
and they called with a problem? So I'm an artist, Tom, not an operator. <laughs> <laughs> I got to flip between two all the time as a CEO, brother. I know, man. I, I got to level up in that area so bad. But you know what? The phone keeps ringing and, and we're busy. So I know that's probably not a very good CEO mindset, but it's working out. <laughs> Listen, hey, for everybody listening right now, you, you just, you got another insight into why I have so much appreciation for Matt, because we are all a work in progress. Nobody is. There is no perfect brother. It's just getting better and better yeah. as much as we can every day, moving things forward. So, so let's talk about it. You, you mentioned uncertainty and anxiety. Um, walk us through, like, you know, we were, we were chatting before this and you were like, basically the buying and selling experience, there's like six things that we sort of look at, right? The removal of anxiety, which it sounds like we've covered, um, survey videos, celebrating moments along the way, is that also a part of this bomb bomb campaign or is that something separate? Um, talk to us about that. Hey, it's Tom Ferry. Question, what's your favorite social media platform? Are you big on Insta? Do you love to tweet? No matter where you answer, I'd love for you to connect with me there. All you gotta do is just type in at Tom Ferry and follow and let's you and I connect. I wanna be able to deliver the right content, the right ideas, the ways to help you grow your business, stay fired up, keep moving, be in action and run plays that work platform that matters most to you. So subscribe and I'll see you there soon. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of the client experience we do is return on relationship. That's your phrase yeah, that you were right. just using last month. Right. right? But yeah, uh, Glenda is a good friend of mine. No accident. Right. We're very, yes. very similar. And of course. Uh, she says, love on the people who love you. And I love how she puts that. Mm -hmm. And that's what we do over the life of the relationship. But during the transaction, we also celebrate moments through that. So it's all operationalized. It's built into the smart plan. We know, you know, at the, the groundbreaking, they're going to get groundbreaking cupcakes for new construction or right. uh, different things like that. Uh, here's something we do that's really cool. I, anybody can do this real easy, but what's the worst part of a transaction for a buyer? What were they most scared of? Which, which one moment of that transaction are they freaking out about? <laughs> I'm looking at Ruby, my assistant who bought a house recently. Ruby, what was the scariest part of the transaction once you got the offer accepted? She's like that it wasn't going to close on time. Okay. So most people I'd say it's the home inspection. They're probably yeah, I was thinking, about... I was saying, yeah, home inspection, but you know, but she had like Austin or no, Eddie, who's our uh, who's our guy. Eddie's like, I got this, Ruby, don't worry about it. Nice. But yeah, so whether it's that or or yes, but keep going. But so with the inspection, so we say, okay, if that's the, the most scary part of the transaction, how can we how can we flip that on? And let's let's right. turn this into a, a positive. So so what we do is something very easy, but we bring a little inspection goodie bag where we make it a moment right. and we bring a, a branded notebook and a branded tape measure and a pen, a bottle of water and a snack. And we say, hey, this is a fun experience. This is where you get to learn about your home. Let's take some right. notes. Let's measure. Right. Let's let's start figuring out where the furniture's going. Yeah. And then we also talk to our home inspector partners and we have like a little punch list. And Tom, in new construction, you probably know an NHO walk and new home orientation. Yeah. They yep. show you how the water heater works and they show you how to unclog the garbage disposal. It's not just all the bad stuff. Yeah. So what we do on the back of the inspections is we take them through. The inspector knows he's going to have to kind of do this little NHO experience. Yep. So it's not all the summary report, which is 20 negative things. It's also get to learn your home. This is fun. Right. right. And it's almost like an assumptive close as well, too. If you, I didn't think about it that way when we created it. That's my coach, you know, Mike, um, who's like, hey, that's kind of, I was like, yeah, I guess it is. You know, that works out. Yeah. But but even those moments, you know, moving boxes for the client and then the signing experience where we bring cider and champagne. And so it doesn't it's not all client events and pop buys and that stuff. That stuff's great. But it's in the transaction. That's when you start building the wow in yeah. that raving fan through those yes. moments. Yes. So 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 much of this and, and you know, and you're very you know, like, you know, I'm not perfect to this. Nobody is. But you made this a repeatable and scalable process. You know, it's one thing like there's one thing to do this at like eight or nine transactions, but to do it at 10 closings a month or, you know, 15 in one month and seven in the next and, and keep this machine going. What have you learned about yourself, your team, the dynamics? What software do you use? Is there, are there some better like hard assets you use or soft assets, software, et cetera? What has made this process more repeatable, more scalable? A uh, few things. Number one, making sure your whole team's in on it. The culture, yeah. everybody's in. This is what we're doing. This is our identity. Yeah. That helps a lot. Again, if everybody owns it, nobody owns it. it. The game changed for us when we put 
Kristen full-time in that position. Now somebody owns it, it's gonna get done. Uh, and monday.com is what we use for project management. There's a lot of great platforms out there, but yeah, absolutely. You know, you say, Tom, if it's not in your calendar, it doesn't exist. Yeah. Uh, that's, that is true. But if it's not, if it's not on some type of systemized operationalized plan, it's just not going to be executed. So, uh, we do have all that built out. We actually do a, a content calendar for the entire year, not just marketing and branding, but we know already when we're going to send the first save the date and the invites and these for the events. Right. And we know right. when Popeyes are happening, when the fantasy football invitations are going out to do fantasy with our clients and this type of right. stuff. It's all built out in a calendar. Yeah. So Monday.com for project management, calendaring, you know, calendaring all the experiences throughout the year. This the stuff that you know that's now, you know, back to school, you know, fantasy football, the nights, right? <laughs> it's Let's also go. Been hockey before. Woohoo. So let, let's go into, there, there's four specific tactics that, that really have moved the needle for you beyond the transactional stuff, which I love. By the way, um, shout out to the CRM you use. Uh, Chime. Chime, love it. I actually sold a business of mine to the CEO uh, or the owner, I should say, of Chime. Did you ever meet him? Uh, Joe Shin is his name. He started RenRen, which is the Facebook equivalent in China. Okay. So, so Joe, Joe, last time I was with him at dinner, which was probably two years ago, he owns something like 300, like owns 300 companies. Wow. It's bonkers. So that's great. Big shout out to the guys at Chime. That's great. Um, all right. Let's talk about the sort of the tactical stuff. Community engagement, right? How do you do it? Support team, et cetera. Client experience management, we should discuss. Uh, marketing department, I want to go more in depth there. Um, and then I want to just talk about like uh, surprise and delights. So let's, let's just go first, like community engagement, right? What do you guys do? What's the, what's the plan? What's the roadmap? You've already said, hey, we got a calendar for the year. So I assume there's a lot to unpack there. Walk us through that. So that's, that's the newest piece for us. And I, I'm thrilled, man. I, I'm so stoked about what this looks like for us moving forward. But there's a, there's a new um, community outreach ministry here in Vegas. It's called The Hub LV. But what it, it's actually a... a umbrella, if you will, four different outlets. Mm -hmm. And what's so cool about it, if any company is going to align with something like this, we were like, I have a heart for foster care. Uh, it's in my family. I have a lot of close friends that have um, been, you know, fostered a lot of children and in that type of situation. Uh, incredible. But, you know, for whatever reason, not everybody wraps their heart around the same things. Of so we have done events where we partner with them and we invite those families to join us and things like that. And it's been amazing. But we found an opportunity that has four different arms, but it's all this uh, outreach called the Hub LB, but it, it is foster care. It's also poverty and homelessness. It's also sexual exploitation and human trafficking, which Vegas is ground zero in America right. for that. Right. And then the fourth one is the um, vulnerable populations for education. So somebody's going to wrap their heart around one of those things yeah. every time. So our team is all in on it. And now we, the whole objective for us this year is how can we get our clients' hearts around this with us? So we just did our first drive uh, a few weeks ago where we invited our clients to come by and, and drop off some things that, that are needed from these different you know, ministries. Uh, and then, of course, we gave them a little mini bunt cake and some information on the hub. It's just a, hey, we love you. Thanks for coming by. Yeah. But how can we get them involved to serve with us, to help spread the word, to donate and things like that? And then, of course, we are starting to make it known, hey, when you work with Team Farnham, you're literally engaging the city of Las Vegas through these outlets, because the first portion of everything that we make as a team goes directly to them before anybody gets paid. And the whole team's in on this, because let's face it, Tom, a lot of times it's the, the CEO or leader who says it's a team thing or a company, but it's really Tom writing a check or Matt writing right. a check. Right. Not anymore. Like the whole team said, we're in. So before anybody gets paid. We're doing that. And now our clients are starting to learn about this. And not everybody's going to resonate with that. But I believe most of our people will love it and, and super and get really excited about at least contributing uh, through us, if not engaging actually physically. I love it. I, again, I go back to the, the word, you know, a couple of years ago, the January lead, we're like operationalize. Oper it became the drinking game, right? Like every time Tom Perry said operationalize, people were like drink, drink. But that's what you've done. You've You've taken this core value and then you've operationalized it with your team. You've made it a part of the fabric of how you do business. 
how you show up for others. And you're right. If it's just you writing the check, like that's awesome. But when you say, hey, a percentage of off the top before anybody else, like I know you said that a few times. You probably said that to a few clients before, right? This is how we roll. Like we make a difference first, then we take care of ourselves. Right. Right. Maybe not the exact language, but like but the spirit of it. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yep. So, so I'm going to go a different direction just for a second. I was thinking about this morning with you, social media, video, mail, email, calls and texts, your Google My Business page, your setup on profiles. Um, so let's start first with like, am I going to find you? They're going to find you on Zillow and Trulia and Realtor.com and you're going to be in all those places. Yes. Of course. Yep. And have you, have you gone the route of advertising on those places and continued to? Have you pulled away from it? No, no, no knock against any company. Just curious where, where you're at today. Yeah. So yeah, no knock about anybody, but Zillow and, and the like, I'm sorry. I, I would rather not pay 30, 35% or whatever. Yeah. Um, that's the beautiful thing about the, us going all in on client experience and having such a large percentage. And one thing growing for us is our agent agent referral pillar. I love my friends across the country. Uh, I mean, Tom, just this ecosystem. In the last three days, I think we've had three inbound and one outbound with names I could drop right now that you know very well, just incredible yeah. people, but yeah. they are like-minded and do business like, like we do it here. I'll happily pay them 25% every day uh, versus paying 30 plus percent to other sources. So we've, yeah, we've had those pillars. I've, I've paid yeah. for leads and things like that but it's just it's not the same as, as <laughs> hey come list my home or you know what i mean it's just yeah, it's no, like I'm, I'm laughing not at the, what you're saying i'm laughing because if the person's just only listening right now they don't see your facial expression because you're like this you're like yeah the, oh, paper <laughs> <laughs> the look on your face is like yeah, i've done that and i've done other horrible things like but okay but all right let me back up though with your own database and with your agent agent referrals, because I knew that was going to be something I wanted to touch on today. So I'm glad you've already brought it up. How do you or do you use social video, mail, email, calls and texts and others to get the word out, whether it's to your database or, you know, when you're, when you're trying to reach, if you will, outside of your database, when you're launching a listing and others, what do you do? What do you not do in, let's go social. Are you on every platform and how active? Yeah, really it's Facebook and Instagram for us. Um, we might dabble in LinkedIn or something like that. But again, everything's a system. So when we bring a home to the market, for example, we know every listing is going to have a coming soon, just listed, under contract, sold, picture of the family with the testimonial on top of them. Yep. Like that's going to happen every time. Uh, on in mail or just in social? Like that, break it down for me. That would just be social in that example. Okay. Um, but and we also, yeah, I mean, when we do a mailer, we know that, a, you know, mailer's going to go out, we're going to have a complimentary social ad to go with it. And that's going to be yeah. a campaign and that's going to complement it. Uh, when we're really clicking on all cylinders, it might be a YouTube ad going out there too with, with a video and things like that. Um, but yeah, so I'm kind of, sorry, I'm all over the place here, but it, I okay. mean, everything is pretty much planned out, you know, yeah. as often as we get a great testimonial or uh, we need to level up on video testimonials. We, we dabbled hey, in the past. Come on, man. We just talked about that a couple of weeks ago. I know. Yeah. Everybody I know. listening has to level up on that one, but I, I appreciate you, brother. Yep. But so then, like, what ahead. about email? What about email? Is that, is that a, I don't mean as a form of like, hey, Matt, checking in. I mean, educational, listing launch, keeping people informed. If I was on your email list, how many times a week or a month am I going to get an email from you guys? And what am I going to get? Yeah, so you're going to get a monthly market update where I'll, I'll do a video, usually about 10 minutes, and I'll really kind of unpack what I see happening in the market. Of course, the stats and those those things, but also my personal opinion. People want your opinion. They, they, they look to you to be the expert. So I, you know, I just tell them what I really feel like is happening and boots on the ground type perspective. Uh, they'll get that. Uh, they are getting educational videos from us. So we have a series uh, we're getting ready to pivot and switch directions on it. So it's been a couple months since we put content out, but it's called Real Life at Level 10 is what we were putting out. But it was really just, was Tom, yeah, you, you did that with me. I, we did I some love it. Yes. Level 10 conversations, but, but that was real. Uh, you know, how, what happens if the appraisal comes in low? You know, yeah. what is an iBuyer and why would I want to or not want to sell my home with them? And just real life educational information. So those would go out every other week. 
Uh, of course, with again, back to the social, we would take 30 second snippets out of that. We would distribute those in advance to build some excitement around it. Uh, of course, the video would go out and then we take a quote or two out of the video and we put that on social. Yep. Honestly, just R&Ding stuff that you do, just not as good. <laughs> no, I, listen, brother, we're all we're all doing the best we can with what we got. I have an army of people that help. So it's, yeah. you know what I mean, like if it was left just to me, whew, it, it'd be my flip video camera, which I show now and then. There you go. So, but, you know, it, that stuff, but then we do yeah. HomeBot. HomeBot's a great resource. Uh, Talk but, about that. Yeah, HomeBot is something that sends an uh, email out every two weeks and it shows you what your home value is. It also shows you, what's cool is it's 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 an engagement piece because you yeah. can look at, what would it look like if I rented my home? What if I turned my home into an Airbnb? Mm-hmm. How much equity do I have? Uh, what could I do with that equity or what would it look like to refinance? And people can raise their hand to get questions answered about, you know, is my home value look accurate? or what would it look like to refi? It's it's an engagement tool where they reach out to us consistently and yeah. it just creates a conversation. So they get those updates from us. And then of course, just all the invitations to client events, all the invitations to serve with the Hub LB with us. Yeah. Uh, the invitations to do fantasy football with us. Like there's always a reason to reach out. Um, and Tom, we I've joked with you about this, and I know this is this is not a Tom Ferry, uh, you know. Uh, game plan here but but honestly man in 17 years i've never asked for a referral we we just consistently yeah. stay in touch right. we provide as much value as possible and the phone keeps ringing so you know that's that's kind of how the game's been for me since i started 100 it's it like going back to the interview I did with with john Rowland. he's like if you just consistently provide value and i was talking about hey there's a reason why i put all my content out for free long before anybody else and the phone would just ring. People were like, dude, you just, I, I, re- not they would call me dude or my team dude, but just for fun, you know, but, but the message resonates, yeah. right? When the message resonates, right? It's, it's the, it's the old, your vibe attracts your tribe, right? Right. And you could see that in the evolution of your business and your philosophy and then the tactics that you, that you basically implement. Um, so Matt, switch gears and just talk about surprising delights. Like give us just sort of high level, some tactics and things that you guys do that you found to be effective. Sure. So I think there's, there's really two main components to that. There's, I think the, the way that we close on a home, whether it's the closing itself or a few weeks to follow, and then truly the random, just the unexpected wow, right? So yeah. the closings, like stop buying Home Depot gift cards, right? Nobody wants that. And a lot of people don't even need it. Yeah. Um, but really figure out what's special to Tom and Kathy, like what's going to make their heart sing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe what's an experience that you can provide for them. So we put a lot of thought and effort into those. For example, Let's say, Tom, you're new to Vegas. Uh, what if we got you a taste of Henderson and we yeah. tee you up with the best appetizer place, the best dinner place, the best wine place and the best dessert place with information about the restaurants and their ratings and their, their articles and all this stuff. And we do that or something really unique to you. Uh, we do. We've set up Christmas in the home like two days before Christmas. You come in, there's Christmas trees and gifts. We've. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so many things that we've done had the family show up with with balloons and party and all the grandkids are there with all these things that they've colored and put on the garage for your welcoming and like really just put some effort into this but then the the game changer for us with everything we do the pop buys and anniversaries and all this stuff is a surprise and delight and that's as simple as tom i just ran into you at the furniture store and you're like hey i gotta run i'm taking kathy out it's our anniversary oh that's awesome where are you guys going where are you taking her you tell me the restaurant in my car, five minutes later, we're getting a credit card authorization. Dinner's on us. Like that is the game. And you yeah. just get that unexpected reaction. Uh, we, you know, we just talked in Dallas, how we had a couple clients recently whose pets had passed away. So, you know, we, we made that a moment for them and gave them a gift around that. And I'm talking tears, you know, and text messages and. Well, okay. Break that. Well, like your someone's pet passes away and you make that a moment that feels like a tragedy for a lot of people. Yeah, we're just we're we're just empathizing with you, sympathizing for you, because uh, a lot of people to them, I mean, that's just like their their kid, you know. And of course, if they're right. family members, same thing. But but it's not it's not obnoxious. It's just a little gift to say, hey, we're thinking about you. We're so sorry for what you're walking through. Uh, but just recognizing those moments for people, and it's also yeah. wedding anniversaries and. Yeah. If I find out you're going, you might get champagne and strawberries in your hotel room from Team Farnham if I know you're on vacation. I mean, it's it's highs and lows and all these things, but it's just finding those opportunities, maybe by stalking your Facebook page of what's going on in your life, that you're having a baby, 
you know, or these types of things where you get just a little thought from Team Farnham saying, hey, we love you, uh, excited for you, you know, and that's it. There's no ask. It's just just loving on people who love you. And, and would you say, going back to uh, the person you had that's been with you for nine years, that's basically running this, is she, is this like her full-time thing, stalking people on Facebook, looking for these magic moments, or, or is it, because the, the randomness of somebody running into you at Lowe's or Home Depot is pretty random. Though you're a popular sure. guy and you have a lot of clients, it's going to happen, but maybe not at scale. So how, how is it done at scale? Yeah, so it's the team's job, Agents Collective, to, to kind of let her know when these opportunities are. But what we just did, see, we're still figuring this out, too. So nobody think we got this figured out. But we, yeah. she just created a Google form earlier this week where all I do on my phone, it's saved on my home screen. It, it's a gift form. So I basically say, here's the person. Here's the moment. Here's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Run with it. And now yeah. she just has a systemized way that she gets these in from the team now. And then yep. she just makes it happen. And she has her go-to. She knows the 20 things that she's going to go to for different moments yeah. to send that out, have that delivered. So it's manageable. You know, it's interesting. You go back to um, anyone that ever stays at a Ritz-Carlton, right? You know, um, the Ritz-Carlton, first of all, the first thing you should do the next time you're at a Ritz-Carlton is ask any one of the employees, hey, may I see your card? And they will hand you a card that they open up. And it's basically the 21 or 22 values of a Ritz-Carlton employee and how they operate. And one of the things that I heard that was very special about that is they basically said, anybody in the organization can spend up to $2,000 to make a client happy. I thought that, I mean, so I wanted to ask you like, does your gal have a budget, right? Is it like, don't spend more than $20 or, you know, max is 200. Like, do you, have you operationalized that, that as well? Uh, not like definitively, here's a line, but she absolutely knows what's acceptable in different ranges because of what we've, we've done enough of this now. Yeah. She's got the freedom to do that. And at the end of the day, the main filter is how do we wow our client? And if that yeah. means it's an extra 50 bucks, who cares? Like it doesn't, it's so small in, right. in relation to the impact it has. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Ruland said the same thing. He's like, you know, if you took 10% of your net and you reinvested that, he said, well, technically you're reinvesting the money that they helped you earn on them. And then it just gets amplified and, you know, the, the 50 X ROR versus direct mails, return on investment email at, at 44, which is bonkers. So I love it. Okay. Well, I'm glad you were able to unpack that. Let's transition to another discussion. So talk about Google, my business, your GMB page, which I was on before we started. And you mentioned, I want to go to the next level with video testimonial. So maybe unpack that for, you know, you know, the millions of people that were not with us at Blueprint versus the 11,000 that were. So why is that important? What are you thinking about? How are you going to operationalize it? Well, one thing for us, because we're not, you know, we're not on all these platforms that are, and we are doing like some Google advertising and things like that that are working yeah. out great, but um, people are still going to go, even if you're referred to me, if, if, if Tom says, hey, you got to call my buddy, Matt, he's the best you're still going to look me up before you of call course. Everybody does it. Yep. So Google's the game right now. I mean, you said that over a year ago and, and we started paying attention to it. Uh, so the reviews are critical, of course. Uh, and then just the help that we just got about getting the images and videos and all this stuff. So we've, we've been working on that the last two weeks. Right on. And that profile is getting better. The, the next level for us is getting a lot more video testimonials. And the thing with me where I really lack is we're, we focus a lot on serving the client and providing this experience. I do need to be a little bit more selfish and say, Hey, now I need something from you. And we haven't done that enough right. where we get those testimonials. We get, cause I mean, you saw my Google, what are we at? 86 or, or 95 star reviews, but right. dude, I should be at 500, you know, with, with exactly. the service that we provide. I just, yes. I've never been super diligent about, Hey Tom, you kind of owe this to me. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And, and look at like everything else, like you say, hey, I don't ask for referrals. Um, to me, like it just needs to be operationalized. You know, like we talked about sort of those surprising, you know, those, those, those dopamine rush moments, right? Like the offer's accepted. You just handed them their key. You're at the closing table signing everything. You know, you passed over the physical inspection. Like all these moments along a transaction where a client is, is euphoric and fired up. Yeah. That's when we should be saying, gosh, Matt, you know what I would love to do? I'd love just to capture this moment, right? And for the people that are you know, listening, if you weren't with us, 
um, my buddy Ken Carey, who is like the leading authority of all things direct to consumer marketing, specifically in the review-based culture, which we now know over 80% of consumers, right, will read a, a review or a testimony and take it at the same level of, of a personal recommendation. Think about what I just said there for the people that are listening, that 80 plus percent of consumers will read something about Matt and his team and take that as strong as their best friend saying, you got to call Matty because, you know, he's just, he's the man. Like, he's just unbelievable. And yet most people haven't operationalized. How do I ask for that recommendation? And now we're saying, <laughs> now I want you to put it on video. Right. So how do you plan to, how do you plan to do that? Well, I think here's the problem. And what we have done has been a, an issue is it's so easy now to default to digital, to do email and texting, things like this. But you got to pick up the phone and say, hey, Tom, could you do me a favor? Uh, could you, I'm going to send you a link right now. Can I please get, get your commitment to do this for me? And yeah. that's where we, we need to level up with some of those phone calls uh, uh -huh. rather than just letting an email ask for it. Because that's easy to just all get to it later type thing. But yeah, so I think that's the biggest thing we need to change. Yeah. So, you know, your coach, uh, Mike, will be listening to this. And if you, <laughs> it's going to be like uh, noted I, for, the, for the people that are listening. I think it's literally like this, like, you know, oh, my God, Tom, Kathy, so excited. We, you know, we're closing on this transaction. I just want to catch this moment. Let me ask you a question. If I asked you three or four questions, would you take a minute and just answer it for me, like in the form of video? And by the way, like Ron Real, don't worry if you say um or er, like we're all human, like nobody's perfect. And they're like, sure. And a percentage of the people will say absolutely yes. And you grab your phone and you're like, so, so Matt, what was the problem you were trying to solve in buying your new home? And, you know, well, uh, we ran out of space and I got three kids and, you know, right. And they, they tell you the why, then you're like, and how did you ultimately end up selecting us? Oh my God. Well, I was referred to you by, but then I looked online and I read a bunch of your reviews and I just, I just felt comfortable that you could do it. Well, what, what results were we able to produce for you? Oh my God. It was like a breath of fresh air. Like the moment Matt and his team showed up, it's, we hadn't even said yes yet. And they were already doing all the work. We just felt like so comfortable. Like, listen, my friends, having three, four, five, six, eight of those on your Google My Business page to be able to run in advertisements, to have on your own website. And, and Matt knows, because I challenged a bunch of the top teams you know, in the country. I'm like, the next level of this, there will be agents, teams that have hundreds of these videos on their website, on their Google My Business page. And you want to talk about creating a, uh, a position in the market that is hard to penetrate to the point of Matt and I's conversation earlier. I, I mean, I, Matt, like, I am, I'm more convinced of that than I've been of many other marketing tactics or strategies or methodologies. Because at the end of the day, who sells Matt Farnham better than Matt? I would argue his clients, his clients, his clients, his clients. And they don't use real estate lingo. They talk emotion, family, dynamics, certainty, uncertainty. They use these words that just, we would never think to write that because we're in that real estate transactional mode. Right. So what's the, uh, what's the commitment, brother, between now and Summit when I see you in Dallas? What's the commitment? What are you going to do? Uh, first thing we're doing is, is I don't have a number to it, but how about I say 20? Uh, 20 of our best clients that are top of mind to uh -huh. say, hey, I need this favor, even if they're two, three years old, Doesn't just matter. to get the content on there uh, yeah. and get it on the website and things like that. So uh, buy Summit, 20 videos on Google. All right, Ruby, you heard that, right? 20, so Matt's going to have 20 video testimonials by Summit. 20 videos, yeah, that's hot. I love it. Awesome. Ruby's like, noted, accountability, <laughs> write that one down. So I Matt, let's, let's, let's close it out and let's synthesize from your standpoint. If somebody was listening to you right now and they're like, okay, Matt, just what are the five things? What are the five things that really summarize this, this culture you've, you've created, this methodology that you've amplified? What are those, I'm saying five, could be three, could be 14, but like just simply, what is the process? What do you recommend? Well, I think you got to have somebody that owns it. You got to have a system. You got to have a calendar. You got to operationalize this if you're going to really do it, you know, consistent and at a That's high scale. Level. Yeah. Um, 
And, and don't a lot of people want to, you know, you don't have to start with what we're doing. Just pick your 10 VIP clients and do something for them. Right. Once a quarter or twice right. a year or something like that. Um, but what excites you? I mean, do you love doing client events? Do you you know what what's in your lane? And I would say just adopt that first. Uh, but uh, I don't know that there's just one or two things, Don, because everything we do just kind of work. it's like this tool belt and everything works together. Yeah. It's not the client event. It's not the pop buys or the hundred nope. birthday cards or the, no. the prize and delight. It's it's the collective. Yes. And it just, you know, you create some really great raving fans. So, yeah, it's yeah. I think it's all you're exactly right. It's all those pieces that make the puzzle. So when you step back and look and say 110, you know, happy clients, right? 110 happy families in a year. It was all of that. I also want to give a shout out to uh, Donna Miller's book, Building a Story Brand, which is an epic book raving fans, power of moments. And I'd, I'd say John Rowland's book, Giftology, right? John, he always says, when you're taking out a campaign like this, he's like, you, you have to be thinking to yourself, I'm doing this for the next three years, right? Which, you know, we've heard with like, hey, geographic farming, you don't, you don't send out a mailer. Right. You're saying, I'm committing myself to this neighborhood, to this community, to be the mayor, to be the guide. And it's a, it's a three, five, 10 year process and then you own it, right? Thoughts on timing on this? Because what we don't want is so much people dabbling is, and you said it, you said, we dabbled in this, but then we went all in. Right. Yeah, I would say, first of all, create things that you can repeat and scale and you don't get out of budget or, or, or they're too, so let me give you an example, Tom. Yeah. We were doing limousine closings where you would show up to get your keys. What you didn't know is while we were inside, a limousine pulled up out front uh, you came up the red carpet, you know, we took you out to the limo. Uh, we put you into the limo with cider or champagne. We take you out to dinner. Uh, we probably don't go with you usually, but it's all set up. Yeah. Unbelievable. But man, you want to try and do that for 150 people this year? Like, it's crazy to try and coordinate that. Right. That didn't work. It you're, was like, you're like, I need to buy a limousine, get a driver. What if I have two closings in the same day? How do yeah. I sanitize the limo? Right. But so how can we, how can we create systems that, that yeah. are scalable uh, yes. and, and just constantly looking at what we're doing and how we're doing it. Mm -hmm. um, I forgot. The That's question. another brilliant insight, by the way, Matt. Like, hey, this this process, we we loved it. It worked, but it didn't scale. So yeah. we had to stop it. And a lot of people, instead of stopping to scale, will just stop growth. Yeah. This well, is for, just how I like, you know, you didn't say it that way, but that's what you meant. Like, that's how I heard it. Yeah. So like Popeyes, like we start we're doing Popeyes for, for a lot of our you know best clients and, and things, but it keeps changing. Now what we're finally doing is say, you know what we're going to do? We're going to do it quarterly and we're yeah. going to go geographically. And this right. quarter, this spring, we're going to get this section of town. Right. Summer, we're going to do that section. We're going to rotate it. But yeah. now here's the cool thing. The relevant Popeye thing for this quarter, when we rotate the geographic over the next year, I can do the same gift four times for four years and just rotate the people. Exactly. So it, it's not, if you really think through it strategically, it, it's a, it's a lot easier to do that. And then you plan it all out in a project management system, you know, when it's happening, who's getting it, how much it costs, you know, all that type of stuff. Yeah. Brother, I'm so proud of you and I'm so grateful for the work that you do and the way you operate and that you're willing to just get on here and share everything that you're sharing. Uh, so Matt Farnham, Team Farnham Real Estate in Las Vegas, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to be there July 9th. Maybe I can see you. Big shout out. I'm going to see Joe Rogan and Dave Chappelle. I can't wait with my two sons. Bonkers. And I know you got a country western thing the next night. So maybe we can get together and say hi at least. Well, hopefully, um, hopefully I'm figuring out how to sell those tickets because I'm at a Golden Knights Stanley Cup finals game. That's what Oh, I'm even better. Even <laughs> better. Let's go, Knights. All right, Matt, thank you so much for your time. And obviously, they can, if they just Google you, they're going to see your Google My Business page. They're going to see all your reviews. They're going to start seeing videos of testimonies, um, uh, you know, emails on there, websites on there, cell phones on there. All of his social channels are all linked up to his GMB, his Google My Business page. And if you're listening, yours should be done the same. Closing thoughts, Matt, as we wrap it up. Uh, I would just say that I, I'll just tell you from experience, there's no more fun way to do business than just treating your clients like loyalty. It's gratifying for you. I promise it works in referrals. And yeah, it sounds like a lot of money to, to do the surprise and delight and the crazy stuff that we're doing. But frankly, it's, it's less expensive than the thousands and thousands of people are paying for lead sources and things like that. 
I love it. I love it, man. I appreciate it. All right. So listen, my friends. Hey, if you're listening to this right now, hey, make a comment. I would love it. Let me know what else you want uh, covered on podcasts. Your feedback means the world to me, whether it's on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, or Podbean, or wherever you're listening to this. So, Matt, I will see you soon. And for my friends listening, we are out. If you want more information about this episode, including my show notes, mentions, links, and everything else, make sure you visit tomferry.com slash podcast. That's tomferry.com slash podcast. Thanks again and talk to you soon.